All right. Happy Friday to everyone. Hope you're having a warmer day than I am. It's freezing up here in New England. Uh, what we're going to talk about today is self-love. Using self-love intentionally to lose weight, to take control of your weight. Um, why? Because it's the opposite of what most people do, right? Most people are trying to hate themselves healthy. They're trying to hate themselves so much that they'll finally take action and start to lose the weight. But, you know, if you think about people in your life that you hate, and then you think about people in your life that you love, which one do you want to do more nice things for? <laughs> which ones do you want to treat better? Right? The answer is obvious. But a lot of times we get so caught up in it that we don't realize we're doing it. You know, And so I know that um, you, you may not want to be mean to yourself even, but deep down, some part of you thinks that by being mean to yourself and beating yourself up, it's going to cause you to finally take the right actions and help you get the results you want. You know, now I know that's I know that's what's going on. And so there's a positive intention behind the beating yourself up and being really mean to yourself. But what we have to look at is the effects it's having. Is it working? You know, is it effective? And most likely it's not because there are some things in life you can kind of beat yourself up with. You know, weight loss, I have not seen to be one of them because so much of your weight is dictated by your emotions and your brain is a pleasure seeking mechanism. So if you're constantly beating yourself up, um, then what happens is A, your brain doesn't like it, and B, at some point you need relief from that and you wanna feel better. And one of the easiest ways there is to feel better is to start eating unhealthy foods, you know? So the idea of beating yourself up typically doesn't work. Now, let's talk a little bit more in depth about what is going on when you're beating yourself up because I was talking, um, working with some, some of my clients yesterday in, in a coaching call, and one of the clients had, a, had an issue that, that everyone has, I think to some degree, where you have this voice inside your head that is always criticizing what you're doing. And I'm going to refer back to, there's a thing called transactional analysis. Eric Byrne came up with this in probably the 70s, and it's interesting because it has, it takes our mind and it breaks it into three categories. And it says we have a child, a parent, and an adult. And so it's kind of an interesting way to kind of break things up. And so a lot of times what's going on conceptually, and I think this is an effective concept to think in terms of, is that you had this parent, most likely if you had a parent that you grew up with, or someone who was a guardian, you know, type of person. And this parent would yell at you or, or beat you up, or, you know, verbally, hopefully is only sometimes physically, emotionally, but they would beat you up to get you to do the right thing. And what happens is a lot of times we internalize that voice and we have this parent voice in our head and it doesn't, I want to be clear about this. I'm going to talk, I'm going to say parent voice. This parent voice we have in our head is not necessarily, it's not the full parent person. Okay. It's a parent when they were yelling at us, when they were disciplining us. Okay. And so we internalize that voice and it's kind of combined with some maybe other people that discipline, maybe a boss voice. Um, but it's a disciplinarian voice. And a lot of times the discipline you've probably gotten in your life is someone yelling at you, tell, telling you, you know, to not do something that you did wrong. Okay. And so we internalize this. And now when we do something wrong, we have this parent voice in our head where we yell at ourselves. Now, who's getting yelled at though, right? And so who's getting yelled at is the child. So we all know what it's like to be a child. We were a child. And so Eric Berman called these ego states and they're literal states within us. We, we can access them. Hypnosis, you can do this very well. They've done, um, you know, 
especially and they've done lots of different people, but epileptics, they've done a lot of open brain surgery and they're literally probing around in their brain. You know what I mean? Like stimulating different areas of their brain and you can stimulate certain areas of their brain. So they'll have like this dual experience where they know to some degree that they're, they know they're having surgery done. And then they're simultaneously having a memory experience that feels just as real. And so when we say talk about these ego states of being a child, a parent, an adult, um, especially the child piece, there is a part of you that is still a child. And so when you get in this situation where you want to lose weight and you want to eat better and you want to live better and healthier and you don't, a lot of times what's going on inside your head is you have this parent voice that starts yelling at your child voice and uh, at the child in you. And so the child, again, doesn't have much to say, right? If, a, if an adult starts screaming at a child, the child doesn't have much to do here, okay? So a lot of times what's going on with people is the dynamic they have going on in their mind is this child feeling is like, I wanna lose weight, I wanna be healthier, I wanna have new behaviors. And then when it doesn't work, we have this parent voice that comes in and starts screaming at us and berating us, right? No good, you don't have to buy into this whole thing, but I think it's very, very helpful in clarifying and conceptualizing what is going on in your head because what you're probably in the pattern of now is that you want to make a new, you want to make a change, you want to eat better, you want to do something healthier, and you make an attempt to do it, and you're not perfect with it. And because you're not perfect, or as soon as you're not perfect with it, instead of appreciating what you did do and the steps you did make, instead this voice comes in and just crushes you. It makes you feel terrible, and the child just shrinks. And this is almost like a bully voice, you know. Now in transactional analysis, when we have a parent voice that's very berating, that's very abusive to you know to whatever degree that goes to um they call it the pig parent again this is not your parent in totality it's your parent as a disciplinarian okay so you may have internalized though this pig parent voice where when you go to make changes where you want to lose weight you want to be healthier you, and you truly do but when you make steps to do it if you're not perfect if you make a mistake all of a sudden this intense voice comes in and beats you up and makes you feel terrible so that you don't even want to do it anymore, okay? Have you experienced something like this, right? Because what's going on, you know? It's like, because if you think about it, like when you try to create changes, especially to be healthier and happier, logically, if you take a step back, logically, what should happen is you would make an attempt to create the change and you would get as far as you got and then this voice would come in and say, it's okay, hey, great job, good first step. Now what can we do to make it better, right? But a lot of us don't have that voice. And I can tell you personally, I did develop that voice. And this to me is so much of what hypnosis is. It's you developing what Eric Berman called the adult voice, okay? So we've all had the parent, we've all been a child, but not everyone has had a role model of a well-functioning adult. And so what this becomes is a process of recognizing that it's recognizing that when you're looking to create change, that you start speaking to yourself as you would a child or a friend of yours who you really care about. And if someone who you really loved and cared about was looking to make some positive changes in their lives and they made some steps forward and then they made a mistake, what would you say to them? How would you talk to them? Well, chances are you'd be very supportive. You'd be, hey, great job. Hey, nothing, listen, Rome wasn't built in a day. It's okay. And you would encourage them, support them, be positive with them, right? However, when it comes to yourself, when you come to make changes, the second you make a mistake, instead you come in with that voice that just makes, it crushes you, okay? And I think this gets to the heart of 
why you're stuck in this loop where you can't get out of it because as soon as you go to make a positive step forward, if it's not perfect and it never is perfect because it's new. And so the second you make a mistake, this voice comes in and just, it kind of crushes the whole process. So how you handle that is you start to develop that adult voice, that positive, supportive, encouraging voice. And you have it in you, right? Because you know, again, if you did have a friend or somebody you cared about was making these changes, you would, it would, it's right there. You, you would absolutely be positive and encouraging for them, right? Because why? Because it's the most effective thing to do, right? Beating someone up when they're trying to make a change just makes them feel terrible, makes them want to quit. And that is what you are doing inside your head when you want to make changes to lose weight, to become healthier, to become happier, okay? So that you want to anticipate that when you make some steps forward in a new direction that's positive and helpful, that you're going to make mistakes, that they're going to be problems. Oh, thank you for the rose, Lizzie. I appreciate that. Um, and so you anticipate this and you recognize that when you make the mistake, you want to start developing, cultivating, working out this positive adult voice in your head. Now, sometimes in my program, we call this the coach voice, the ideal self, the adult, okay? And it's usually a voice that people need to develop. It's a weak voice in your mind if you have it at all, okay? You may not in your life have had a positive, encouraging, coaching type character in your, in your life. And so that adult voice, it's just an absence, it's just a void. Right? It just does, it's not there. And so part of this process really is developing that voice because of course you're going to make mistakes. And so you need almost like, not even just a cheerleader, it's part cheerleader, but it's, it's a more coach, you know? It's a coach trying to help you along the path. And so having some perspective is very helpful in this. And in my program, we the program Yourself Thin Technique is a self-hypnotic programming technique you use and it's broken up into the redo and rehearsal technique. And there's a lot of things that are embedded in this technique, but the big one is this, that it allows you to once a day, take a step back from yourself. And this process alone is so helpful because in our lives, we're usually caught in one perspective. We kind of just go through life first person, always from this perspective, looking at things this way. And as soon as you kind of like un unload a little bit, take a step back and look at yourself from a different angle, from a calm, relaxed, different perspective, you can start to recognize so many more things. You can start to see more solutions. You can start to see more opportunities for growth and improvement in a positive way. And so it's a completely different process than this one that you've probably been locked in where you try and force yourself to act better. And then as soon as you make a mistake, you start beating yourself up, right? That is a process you probably don't even realize you're doing because you've been doing it for so long that it just seems normal. And in some situations in your life, it might've actually even been effective. You know, sometimes in a situation where the, where it's very clear what you're doing, work, um, you know, playing an instrument with a certain type of coach, playing a sport where it's very competitive. In these situations, when you beat yourself up, in some ways it can actually be okay. It can, it can help you, you know, kind of succeed for a little while. But when it comes to your weight, it usually doesn't work, okay? Because again, you just beat yourself up so much that you can't, you know, A, your, your emotions are driving you to eat the wrong foods, and B, you don't have the, access to the resources within yourself to make the right decisions consistently. So to be able to take a step back from yourself regularly, relax, calm down, and look at yourself from a different angle, you come up with all sorts of new solutions and answers. And it's, uh, yeah, it's something else, you know? And so what happens is that new voice becomes one of love, of self-love, where this weight loss process all of a sudden becomes one that is guided by a voice in your head that is caring and compassionate, supportive and encouraging. Imagine that. 
right? Instead of this really negative voice that's always putting the screws to you. And now if we look at this child part of you, which is the one we're looking to kind of change and you're looking to morph into the adult voice, but the first step of it is to allow this child to make mistakes and to learn and grow from them. What a different paradigm though, right? Yeah, thank you, Lizzie, right? It makes sense, you know? And it makes so much sense and it's so obvious when I say it this way. And so why haven't you been doing it? You know, that's the big question because it reveals the truth of your mind, which is that you are primarily unconscious, unaware of why you do what you're do, doing and what you're even doing, you know? And so you have a conscious mind and a subconscious mind. And most of your thinking, feelings, and behaviors are run by your subconscious mind. And you have a conscious mind that is aware of, of limited things. You know, you're primarily a subconscious creature running on autopilot and you have this consciousness kind of going along for the ride. That's a much more accurate description of how you're living your life. You know, we're not built to be conscious and mindful every second of the day, able to make decisions every moment of the day. This is why dieting doesn't work, right? You're trying to micromanage behaviors and, and processes that are subconscious in nature. You know, it's like if you had to remind yourself to breathe all day, right? we'd all be dead. You know, we wouldn't be able to remember. So we're not set up that way. So, um, so much of this process of really mastering your weight, <clears throat> excuse me, the first step of it, the first part of it is to become aware of what we're doing to sabotage ourselves, you know, to, to get shitty results that we've been getting. Um, cause you're doing it to yourself. Do you know what I mean? Like, and you don't realize that because you do it so automatically that you just take it for granted. But that's why I bring up today, this conversation is going in your mind. This desire that you're so addicted to that you think beating yourself up and really like sticking it to yourself, that's what's gonna get you to take action and get you the results you want, you know? And I'm here to tell you, I, I rarely see that work, you know? I've seen it work like so rarely. And when I have seen it work, it's a miserable, miserable process. I've interviewed hundreds of people who have successfully lost weight and kept it off. And some of those people are following a real strict diet for years and I remember them. It's, it's a handful of people, but they stick in my head because they are some of the most um, unhappy people that I've talked to. It's a, it's a very unhappy way to be. So again, with this, we want to remind ourselves that, you know, the weight is a means to an end. It, the, the weight in and of itself doesn't mean you're going to be happy just because you lose weight, right? People get sick all the time, lose weight. They're not happy about it, okay? So what we want to do is, yeah, you may want to lose weight, but that weight loss in and of itself isn't going to make you happy. We want to recognize that you want to lose weight in a comfortable and enjoyable and fulfilling way. You see, we can't say, oh, I don't care what I got to do. I just want to lose the weight. That's not true. Stop saying that because it's not true. And that's why it's not working. <laughs> you know, at some point you got to look at what's going on again, that, that, that ability to take a step back and look at yourself from a different angle. We call this going meta. Or you kind of go above yourself and look down and say, well, what's happening? Get a different perspective on it. And what you start to notice is the reason you can't lose the weight is because of the, the strategies you're using. And the strategy you're using is one strategy. I know this because everyone uses the same strategy. It's to try. Now, again, you, you call it dieting, right? You think it's dieting, but what is dieting? It doesn't matter about the specifics of the plan, right? If one tells you not to eat carbs, one tells you, um, you know, don't eat for 12 hours a day. Uh, one tells you don't eat any fat. It doesn't matter about the specifics because where all the diets converge and become the same thing is when they say, here's the plan. Now just force yourself to follow it, right? That's where the problem comes, you know, because you're, you, 
that doesn't work. <laughs> um, it's basically that idea of you consciously taking control of all your subconscious behaviors is what a diet is. You know, all of a sudden you're going to consciously mindfully make every food decision, the proper one from here on out, like no way, not, not happening. And so, you know, you start to realize the deeper parts of it. And, um, you recognize that as you start to develop this positive, empowering voice within your head, that it becomes a much more, not only more enjoyable and, and positive of an experience, but it becomes more effective because the process of mastering your weight really is one of mastering your behaviors, mastering your thinking, your feelings, and your behaviors. And the mastery of anything takes time. It takes reinforcement. It's not just a knowledge game, you know? So I was referenced like, like knowing how to write with your hand. You know everything you need to know about how to write, okay? But you can only do it with one hand. So you don't need to go out and get a book about how to write with my left hand. You know what I mean? Like there's not some new information you need to learn. What you would have to do is you would have to practice and reinforce writing with the other hand, you know? Now you'd probably learn it quicker than the first time because you do know it. But the, again, the, the process of learning it and being able to do it is one of reinforcing and practicing, okay? Now when it comes to weight loss, you don't think about practicing or reinforcing at all. You just think, okay, I got the plan. I know what to do now. Now I just got to do it. And that sets you up to have this, this setup in your mind of having this voice in your head that's really berating you and forcing you to just follow the plan, you know? But that doesn't work. I mean, geez, do you need any more proof of this? <laughs> you know, it's like, how much less could it work before you start to realize, you know what, I, I want to go about it differently. Now, again, I don't blame you for this because, you know, we, we learn and we choose from what we know. And so to come up with this, it's taken me 30 years, you know, it's just not out there because we're just bombarded and flooded with the diet mindset, you know, and, and again, it, it seems like it's lots of different diets and options. And so it's the illusion of choice, you know, um, in hypnosis, we call it the double bind where we say, you know, do you want to pay, do you want to make one payment or two payments? But it's assuming the sale, right? So I'm giving them a choice, but both choices assume the sale, right? And so with weight loss, it's the same thing, but there's a hundred choices of all these different diets. So they seem different, right? But at the end of the day, again, it's the same thing where they're saying, okay, here's the plan. Now force yourself to follow it. And that's where things get, you know, that's where it falls apart. It doesn't matter what the specifics of it are. You know, it gets to the part where it's like, you're just supposed to use your willpower to force yourself to behave in a new way. And that's not enough, you know? Um, not enough at, at all, <laughs> you know? It's even to the point where I'm talking about the voices in your head, you know? You better recognize the voices in your head because they're hypnotizing you. They're literally controlling your weight. And if you don't know about them, you're just completely missing the whole story, you know? Um, it's like, again, it's, it's a, it's a Band-Aid for a cannon wound. <laughs> you know what I mean? You got, you got your arm blown off by a bazooka and you're putting a, a Band-Aid over it, you know? That's kind of what it's like with the weight loss and the diet mindset. It's just completely inadequate, you know, for the task at hand. I mean, you need the mindset piece, right? You need a lifestyle piece. And then you need eating strategies that are geared and developed around who you are, you know? That's what you need to really master your weight. It's not enough to just someone who's never met you, um, hasn't taken you into account at all, just say, okay, well, here's the plan. Just follow it, you know? You're a unique person. You got your own unique preferences, genetics, and lifestyle. And so the idea that you're just gonna be given an eating plan, an eating plan, that's like, oh, here, here's a new living plan for you. Just live this way. <laughs> it's like, you know how complex that is? Like, you know how much goes into your eating, you know? And so um, this idea that you just need the plan and then you're just gonna follow it is, it just proves, if, if you think that's gonna work, it proves a complete absence of understanding of what you are. 
as a as a being, you know, and how you're organized mentally, you know, your conscious and subconscious mind and how they operate. You know, this idea that you think you're just all of a sudden just going to take over all these processes. It, it's not going to work. You know what it feels like? You know what a dying feels like? Just to kind of metaphorically explain it to you. If you've ever gone on vacation, like to a new place, especially if you've gone to like a foreign country, okay? Because that would be like the ideal parallel here. But it's like if you go on vacation to a foreign country or someplace you've never been before, you know that experience where it's like you don't know where anything is? And so what do you have to do? You have to think about every single thing. You can't take anything for granted. You don't know where to get coffee. You don't know where to get you know breakfast. You don't know where to get anything. You don't know where to get the paper. You don't, nothing, you know? And so in that situation, it's tiring. You're not built to be this conscious person who's constantly making decisions all throughout the day, day after day, you know? And that's what you're doing with the dieting. And that's why it's not working. You're literally working against yourself. You're not built that way. And so um, if you don't realize that and you believe that that's the way you do it, then you keep trying, it doesn't work. And then you create the belief that I can't lose weight. No matter what I do, I can't lose weight. Because no matter what I do is basically no matter what diet I try, right? It's whatever diet I try. Because what other things are you doing to lose weight other than a diet? I'd love to hear it. (laughs) If there's anything else you've done to lose weight other than a diet, please share it with me. You know, um, and what I mean by diet is like just consciously trying to force yourself to act differently, you know? So yeah, you're still gonna use your conscious mind, you know what I mean? But you're gonna use it in a more strategic way. And that's really gets to the heart of weight mastery is that you need to be more strategic with what you're doing and you're not being strategic. Your weight loss methods are built around a tactic. Okay. So it's a tactic of, okay, I got to stop eating carbs. Oh, I got to stop eating for 12 hours a day. Oh, I have to eat less fat, you know, whatever. It doesn't matter. I have to just eat Mediterranean food. You know, I have to just eat Jenny Craig food, it, whatever. Okay. It's one tactic and you use your willpower to force yourself to follow it. And you know this because as soon as you get off track with it, you go right back to how you used to be, which is to say you go, your subconscious program never changed. You, you stifled it for a little bit. You fought against it for a little while. And the second it went away, it just went back to doing what it always did. You know, someone says, how do I break all these feelings I have attached to food? Food is like lots of different friends. <laughs> yeah, okay. Well, that's the first step. The first step of real transformation, real weight mastery is to be able to recognize the things that you've been unaware of. To recognize that it's not just, oh, I just want to eat better, so I'm going to stop eating cookies. It's like there's a lot going on there. I, I say this a lot, but the diet is like, do you remember just say no to drugs in the 80s? Just say no, right? Now we laugh about that now, right? Because we're, we're educated. We understand there's a lot more going on under the surface than just the ability to say no, you know? It, it, just say no to drugs is such a superficial, inadequate strategy to stop doing drugs. We know this now, right? There's a lot of deeper stuff going on. But it's the same thing with weight right now. We're in the just say no uh, to food stage of weight loss. (laughs) And so I hope it doesn't take another 40 years for people to figure this out, but that's where we're at. And just as it was so ineffective for drugs, the just say no to food is just as ineffective for weight loss, you know, because there's so much more going on under there. So the fact that you realize food's like a lot of different friends is a step in the right direction. You know, because you need to recognize what's going on. Yes, you subconsciously have all these associations to food. 
So congratulations for recognizing that because now it lets you start to see what's really going on here. And it sets you up to create strategies to truly deal with the real problem. The problem isn't that you don't know what to eat, that you don't know what to do. You know all that stuff. If you were a robot and just wrote in what you're gonna eat all day and then you just did it, you'd have no problem losing weight. The problem is you know what to do and when it comes time to do it, some other part of you feels compelled to eat the wrong stuff. You know, And so we need to recognize this and start to realize the deeper things going on and then start to work on them. And I hate to tell you this, but I'm gonna, I'll say it now so I don't waste your time if this isn't for you, is that weight mastery, and I, I like to use the word weight mastery as opposed to weight loss, weight mastery is a never ending process. And you're in the business of thinking that weight loss is a phase, you just, I just wanna lose the weight. Well then what? <laughs> what, the, what then? Because how many people on here have lost weight and then put it back on? Is there anything worse than that? I'd rather just not lose the weight in the first place, right? <laughs> than do all that work and then have the disappointment heaped on top, you know? So we need to orient ourselves right from the beginning that this is a forever process. I wanna lose the weight forever. I wanna live at my goal weight. That's my goal. I don't wanna just lose weight. Cause you have this idea that you're gonna lose weight and then what? Cause I always, I say all the time. I said, I don't give a shit what I gotta do. I just wanna lose the weight. Then what? I don't give a shit. I'll figure it out then. <laughs> no, you won't. <laughs> you probably won't because losing weight is a different process than living at your goal weight. You don't believe me, maybe, but you'll find out. I, I don't know what to tell you or you've already found out. You know, I always, I get people all the time. Like it's, it's scary to like it, people, they're like five, 10 pounds away from their goal weight. Now they're, they're scared because all they know is being overweight or losing weight. Right? They don't know. What am I going to do once I get to the goal weight? I don't know. You never practiced it. This entire process is about one of you losing weight. Listen, you don't want to lose weight. Losing weight is just a phase. It's going to take you a couple of weeks, a couple of months, okay? Maybe a couple of years. And then you want to live the rest of your life at your goal weight. You know what I mean? So you might as well start with the goal. I want to live at my goal weight for the rest of my life. And add this little tag on there. On near autopilot. I want it to be fun and easy. I don't want to obsess about food and dieting my whole life. What a shitty quality of life that is, you know? So you can do all that. You can live at your goal weight. You can have it be practically on autopilot. Now, when I say practically on autopilot, what do I mean? I mean like your teeth brushing, right? You brush your teeth every day and you're, it's 90% a subconscious process. You do it at the same times, the same places, the same way every time. Now you're somewhat aware of if you did it or not, but it's primarily a subconscious program that just runs on autopilot. Pretty nice to have that, isn't it? Because <laughs> you don't have to worry about it. It just kind of runs on its own mostly. You know, you're still, again, sometimes you gotta, oh, I gotta do that, whatever, but it's mostly a subconscious process. So this is the secret to mastering your weight is to learn how to program your subconscious mind to eat and think and feel and live in a way that keeps you at your goal weight. Doesn't that sound better, <laughs> right? You're so wrapped up in this weight loss merry-go-round, you know, that you can't even imagine another way. And so that's why I like to get on here and, and talk about these things. Um, but I wanna answer this. So, so. I like the analogy of being in a foreign country. That's a good one, right? It's, it's a good way to kind of think about it. And that's what it feels like. It's overwhelming and tiring. Diets are like an endurance test, right? Do you know the endurance test that they do on you? They're not meant to be beaten. You can't beat the endurance test. It's just a, it's just a measure of how long you can do it for. And that's kind of like what dieting feels like for people. You know, there's no sense of like, you, you don't beat it. You know, it's just like, how long can you diet for usually? And it's set up, I'm telling you, subconscious, I, I go in this all day long, but the, sub, the subconscious programming, like how you subconsciously understand dieting is just, 
it, it's dooming you, right? And so one part of that is that it is just a temporary thing. I'm going to diet until I lose the weight. And then what? You know, and people have no plan for that and they don't think about that. So um, there's so much wrong with the dieting mindset. So I'm glad that I'm glad that made a difference to you. So true. I lose the weight, then I relax and I put it all back on. Yeah, exactly. It's because, again, your weight loss is if you're even successful losing weight, it's because you consciously force yourself to live in a certain way. But you never change the subconscious programming. So, I mean, again, it's amazing. And you might have had this experience yourself where it's like you may have forced yourself to eat well for six months or a year and you lost all the weight. Right. But you never changed any of the subconscious programming. And then you relax or you get distracted, or you get sick and the, the willpower fades away a little bit. What happens? You go right back to how you were as if it never changed because it never did. You know, so right off the bat, we want to recognize that. Do you know that you can't get rid of bad habits? You don't know this. And so I want to let you know this. So you don't because the, the worst part to me is that you take this on personally. You, you now think you probably have the belief, I can't lose weight. No matter what I do, I can't lose weight. And you think it's because there's something wrong with you. You see all these other people succeeding on diets. I saw the before and after pictures. Why can't I do that? Right? Well, 95% of people can't lose weight on a diet. When 95% of people are failing at something, it's not you, it's the strategy. You know, so I try and express that to you so that you can start feeling a sense of hope and um, you know, the ability that you can change this. It's not you, it's the strategy. The strategy sucks. Dieting sucks. And I could I could talk for an, 10 hours about why dieting literally keeps you overweight. Okay. And but you can't even imagine any other way to lose weight other than dieting. This is why you're, you're trapped. You're in a literal mental prison when it comes to your weight. And you've been hypnotized by the diets. And you're saying, well, Jim, why would a diet, diets want to help me lose weight? No, they don't. The diets are all owned by the big food companies. Weight Watchers owned by Heinz. Jenny Craig owned by Nestle. The company that owns Atkins Food Products, the same company that owns Onions, Pretzels, and Cinnabon. Okay, so all these big giant diets are owned by the food companies. So it's the same thing. And it's so insidious because the people you're looking for solutions from are actually not giving you solutions. They're giving you a tactic that seems like it might be a solution, but it's not. You know, they never give you the mindset piece. They never give you the lifestyle piece. They never show you how to genuinely create eating strategies that are built around you and your situation. And so you just follow some plan. You force yourself to fall for a little while and then you get tired and you go back to how you always were. So. I, I want to give you the eyes to be able to see that that process is what's going on because you have probably repeated it 10, 20, 100 times and you just don't see it. And so I'm trying to point this out to you so that you can at least start down another path. So what's the path? The path is that you don't start tomorrow on Monday and everything's 100% perfect. I'm all now. Because what do you think? You're just, tomorrow's going to come and you're just going to completely 100% change your lifestyle and how you're eating and how you're living and you're going to be perfect with that until you reach your goal weight. It's so... It's so juvenile to think that way. Don't take this personally. But when you get a little perspective on it, you say, holy shit, that's a ridiculous way to think about it. You're right, you know? So what's a better way? Well, it's just like anything else. You start with where you're at. You pick one thing, one shitty eating habit you have, the worst one, and start working on it. How can I fix this? How can I make it better? What can I do? You come up with a strategy to help yourself eat better with that one. And then you get a handle on it. You start to get some implementation. Great. What's the next thing I can do? Just like you'd get better at literally everything else in your life, right? It makes me nuts. The I use this a lot because I, I can't think of another example, but it's like the way people approach diet, like weight loss. It's like if you wanted to play the piano and you're like, okay, I really want to play the piano. I want to play as fast as I can. So I'm going to start playing eight hours a day. 
okay, great. Maybe the first day and the second day your hands are all crampled up and you can't do anything, right? That's kind of what dieting is. You're taking, you're so overcorrecting. You couldn't keep that up in a million years. And then on top of the way overcorrecting it, you leave no room for a mistake. You make one little mistake and you're, that's it. You know, that, that voice comes in again, right? Beating yourself up. And you wonder why you can't lose weight, you know, because you only accept perfection. It's because you're trying to do it all at once, you know? And, and so again, I, I give you this perspective. I share this with you so that you can see it. It's right there in front of you, but you can't see it. Why? Because you're in a state of hypnosis. <laughs> I'm not going to go into all the reasons why that is, but you can try, believe me or no, it doesn't matter. But um, how can something be right in front of you? How can you have gone through this process so many times and not recognized it? On top of that, how could everyone you know around you go through the exact same process and you not recognize it? You recognize it enough to know. Be honest with me. If someone you know is like, oh yeah, I'm going to start losing weight. I'm going to just start this diet. Do you ever really believe that it's going to work for him? Be honest. I'd love to see your answers because let's be honest, right? Do you ever believe they're really like, oh yeah, yeah, they're probably going to lose some weight, right? You don't because it doesn't work. Do you know what I mean? Like we all know this. It's like this big open secret. We're all pretending, you know, and I, I don't know. It makes me nuts because why does it make me nuts? Because <laughs> it's life and death. It's not, oh, I'm going to look better. Oh, wear a bikini. Uh, great. Wear a bikini, but who gives a shit? I want you to live. My father died at 54 of a heart attack. So it's like, you're going to talk to me about, I mean, it's great. I mean, you want to look better. It's fine, but it's not enough motivation, you know? Um, so you need to make this mean more to you. You know, and it does mean more to you because it's literally your weight is like one of the biggest indicators of your health and your longevity and your quality of life and happiness while you're living it. Not because of how you look, okay, but because of all the effects it has on you physically, mentally, and emotionally, you know? So it's one of these core factors in your life, but you're so minimizing it. You know, you just, oh, just want to lose weight so I can look better, you know? And it's like, I, and I don't, listen, I'm not blaming you, okay? You've literally been hypnotized by the diets. You, you've seen millions of diet ads in your life. And what are they always showing you? The before and after picture. It's always about how you're going to look better, okay? So they're always orienting you to how you look, not to how you're going to feel, not to how long you're going to live. That's what's going on inside your body. You know, I got a training, by the way. So it's like, if you haven't watched it yet, right, you can go to my, my bio or my link and... um. It's right there. It's three steps to master your weight. But one of the first things I do is I show this fMRI scan, like an internal scan of a, a normal weight person and an obese person. And I'm because I want to orient you to what the hell's going on inside your body. <laughs> not, not how you look on the outside, but how you look on the inside. And the diet industry is always focusing on the outside. Okay. But the real motivation comes from what's going on on the inside. And once you start recognizing the impacts the food you're eating, the lifestyle you're living, and the weight is having on your insides, the insides of you mentally, emotionally, and physically. And when you look at it with honest eyes, that's when you start to truly tap into some real motivation. Because I believe the strongest motivation, the strongest motivation of all, pretty much comes from relationships and mortality. And both of these things are directly impacted by your weight the most important relationships in your life are being impacted by your weight, not because of how you look, but because of how you think and feel about yourself and the energy levels and all the physicality, physical effects from the food you're eating, the lifestyle you're living and the weight you're at, you know? And I think when you start looking at that more honestly and recognizing all these things, that that's the first step.
you know, to really making a real change, you know, not just winging it. You're just winging it. You're getting emotional and you're just winging it with the diets. It's such a, do you see that, right? It's so super, it's such a shitty plan. It's not a plan. It's a tactic. Oh, I'm going to try. Let me see. Let me see what I'll try this week. What a shitty way to start something that's so important. It's like, I use the metaphor a lot of like, like college, right? Because now they have like a, a course called, um, call Coursera, right? And it's like, you can go on there and you like get, you can get like a degrees worth of information from like Stanford. You know what I mean? It's like some of the best colleges in the world. And it's like, here's all the courses, right? So that you can go there and do the whole, you know, get a bachelor's degree of, of information there. But how many people are going to do that, right? You could do it for free. Okay? So there's no real commitment. There's no real support. There's no real structure to it. You're by yourself. What are the chances that you going through for you? You know what I mean? It's like, no way. Then you compare it to college, right? You, you, when you go to college and you enroll, like you've given this all a lot of thought. Why? Because it's a lot of money. It's a lot of time. It's a lot of energy. And so you, you make a commitment to go to college. You know it's going to be hard. You know it's going to take time. You know there's a system you're going through, but you're ready to do it. Why? Because it's really important to you to get this information to set yourself up so that you can do what you want to do in life. Okay. You need that level of commitment and focus and decision-making and engagement with your weight. And you're not doing that. You just, you're so cavalier about it. So casual about it, even though you're obsessed with it all day long, every day for years and decades. Right. But you never actually make a real commitment to fixing it, you know? So you got to recognize this, you know, and, and again, you don't do that because you undervalue your, you have been programmed and conditioned to minimize the effects and the consequences of the weight on your health, of the eating on your health and on your lifestyle, you know? And if you could all of a sudden see it for what it is, you would tap into way more motivation. It would become much more important to you, you know? Um, someone says, Jim, forgive me at this stage. We understand diets don't work, so give us the, your full solution. Okay, so the full solution and again, it was, so, so I'll give you the, I'll give you the description of the full solution, right? So someone could explain to you what college is, right? But then there's the experience of doing it. So understand that me explaining it and you doing it are two totally different things, right? It's kind of like if someone tells you what a roller coaster was like, and then you actually get on the roller coaster and take the ride yourself, right? They are two literal, completely different experiences. And you are still, because most of us are conditioned to think that if we have the information, that's all we need. Right. You think it, well, again, that's what you think with the diet. So if I get the diet, then I'll know what to do and I'll just do it. Okay. So you have to understand right off the bat that you changing your weight is not an information issue. Right. So it's less about you having more information and it's more about you reinforcing the person you want to be. Okay. So that's the first step. Now my approach, I'll, I'll describe my approach to you. I'll explain it to you is that my approach to weight, first of all, it's weight mastery. Okay, so we need to be very specific about that. Weight loss is coded in your mind as a temporary thing. I'm just gonna lose the weight. And then you don't think past that, okay? So my thing right off the bat is that it's weight mastery, that you're going to get to your goal weight and live the rest of your life at your goal weight. So right off the bat, the outcome that we're aiming at is completely different, which tends to cause you to choose different strategies. If all it is, I just wanna lose the weight as quick as possible, it's a temporary thing, I'll do anything. I don't give a shit. 500 calories a day, 1500, fine. Let me just do that because it's just a temporary thing. When you start thinking weight mastery, you start saying, I want to weigh X amount of pounds till the last day on earth. That's what I want to do. And I want to make it automatic and, and as easy as I possibly can. That's the goal. So right off the bat, we're on two different, totally different paths. And so that's the first step. The next step is understanding what you're working with here. 
your brain. Your brain is controlling all of this. Your brain is what's controlling your weight more than your hormones or your insulin resistance or any of that other stuff. It's your brain more than anything else, how you think about this. So your mindset is literally the foundational level. So I'll take you through my program. I'll, I'll tell you, I'll break down the, the nuts and bolts of it. You want to hear the full solution. So the first thing I do is teach people to program yourself then technique. It's a self-hypnotic programming technique. So you can program your subconscious mind. Hypnosis is effective as a supplement, as a genuine solution for you to live at your goal way for the rest of your life. It's not effective because you constantly have to know what to do. You constantly have to be programming yourself. This isn't a hard thing, but you have to understand it. So it's the, you know, give a person a fish, feed them for a day, teach a person to fish, feed them for a lifetime. When you understand how to program your own mind, now you have the ability to be able to live at your goal weight because your goal weight is a reflection of your habitual behaviors. And so understanding how to program your subconscious mind is the power and ability to program your behaviors into your subconscious mind, to change your behaviors. So that's the first step. Teach you this minute, two minute technique you use every night um, to program your subconscious mind. But then there's the worksheets, right? So I have a 60 page workbook where I take you through, I call these the weight mastery blueprints. It's mindset, lifestyle, eating. Okay, and we start with mindset because without mindset, you know, what are we doing here? Nothing. So the mindset piece, now good, I just want to test you before I even say this, because you may say, well, I know I need to change my mindset, but I just want to show you how much, and I'm not saying this in a judgmental or condescending way, but I just prove it to that you've probably been trying to lose weight for decades, many, many decades, and you have almost no idea of what a mindset shift would consist of. And I'm going to tell it to you, but I just want to point out how all the time and energy you've put into thinking about your weight and diets and losing weight, how little you actually know about changing your weight, okay? So the mindset piece, it starts with motivation, right? Do you know how to motivate yourself? You don't, <laughs> that's, that's a quick answer. You don't know how to motivate yourself. You think you wanna lose weight, but you don't. You really technically wish that you'd lose weight. You wish you'd wake up you know, Monday morning, just be fired up to eat well and lose weight. Right? But you have no actual sense of how can I get myself motivated? So that's the first step. I take people through what I call the motivation matrix, which is the first level is using pain and pleasure strategically to truly motivate yourself. And then the second level is understanding intrinsic and extrinsic motivation. It's the science of motivation, you know, and you probably don't know it, which is why you can't get motivated. So once you're motivated, then we go into your self-image. And the self-image, again, if there's any thermostat that's controlling your weight, it's probably your self-image. It's the way you think about yourself. And this is why I think a lot of people do lose weight and then put it back on. And I've talked to these people and I said, well, what happened? They go, I didn't feel like myself. You, if you're overweight and you've been overweight for many years, you're, you don't like being overweight, but you are familiar with it. And our brain likes being familiar with things. Uncertainty is like kryptonite to our brains. So right from the beginning, it's a process of who do I wanna be? Who's the best version of me? It's not just about weight, it's about what's the best version of me and are getting crystal clear on that because the entire process here, it's taking your weight loss and wrapping it in personal development. That's the only thing I've seen consistently work for people to truly transform their weight is they need to transform themselves from the inside out. And so after that, then we move into habits, right? Literally breaking down habits. Do you know what a habit is? Probably not. Do you know the neuroscience of habits? It might be helpful to understand that. Okay, so that you're not just winging it because what you're doing is you're just trying to use willpower to force yourself to fight against your bad habits, you know, but there's a way more effective way to do that that works with your brain. Then we work into emotions, how to feel the emotions you want to feel, how to deal with the emotions you don't want to feel, because right now, most likely the main strategy you have to feel emotions you want to not feel emotions you don't want is food. 
And as long as that's the case, you're going to keep doing that because it's the best option you have. So once you genuinely know how to feel the emotions you want, not feel the emotions you don't want, um, the food becomes less important. The next step becomes your thinking, right? How to think like a thin person. You right now think like a dieter and you th- it's a trick of the mind, right? Because you're obsessed and you constantly think about weight loss and losing weight and how you don't like being overweight, and yet you always stay overweight, right? There's a very specific reason for that, okay? And so once you understand your subconscious mind, it becomes very clear. And so thinking like a thin person is literally the, the recipe, the ingredients broken down into pieces, the questions you ask, the internal dialogue you have, transformational grammar, power language, you know, it's all this stuff that's the, the literal ingredients and recipe to think like a thin person. And then finally, it's maintenance. And you learn that right on day one because you need to start your maintenance on day one because you need maintenance to maintain to day two. You need maintenance to get from week one to week two. <laughs> Never mind when you get to your goal weight maintenance, <laughs> right? By the time you get to your goal weight, you want it to be just automatic and natural, you know? Um, and so maintenance is huge because no one ever strategizes for this with a diet. It's all or nothing. But what about what's going to happen when you get stressed, when life comes at you, when things suck? You know, what's your strategy then? Well, you don't have one. Okay. And so you need one. And so, so we go through that. So that's just the mindset piece. Then we go through the lifestyle. And so the lifestyle is crucial, right? The lifestyle is literally affecting everything that you're eating, right? So it's like, I always use the metaphor of like, your dieting is almost like if you're driving a car and you wanted to stop, but you kept your foot down on the gas pedal. Right. So imagine you wanted to stop your car, but you kept your foot pinned to the, the gas pedal and you just pushed down really hard on the brake. That's kind of like what your dieting is like. And your lifestyle is the gas pedal. Your lifestyle is probably not that healthy. And so it's causing all these unhealthy cravings, this never ending hunger, moods that are all over the place, low energy levels, um, you know, just on and on. And so what we want to do is get a preventative mindset. And instead of dealing with all the problems that come from that lifestyle, we want to go to the source and resolve those problems at the source. And so when I talk about lifestyle, there's eight main habits. We're talking about your sleep, hydration, relaxation, breathing, nourishment, movement, meditation, gratitude. And when you start to implement these into your life, and again, it's all about practicality. So I show you a real quick way to do this um, that you can make deeper. But um, all of a sudden, you naturally start to have more energy, the cravings get healthier, you start to feel more satisfied, <laughs> you have more energy levels, you can think more clearly, and this makes it easier to finally get to the eating strategies. And again, these eating strategies are all based around you. You're creating them for yourself. And so yeah, the whole process takes a little bit longer, but you have a complete system for you to master your weight. Something after years and decades of dieting that you have, you're nowhere close to it. You never think in these terms, which is why you're not getting the results, not because there's something wrong with you. And then the final piece of my system is a lot of hypnosis. <laughs> so my program's delivered through the phone, right? And so every day for eight weeks in the morning, you get a five minute hypnosis session. You listen to it within 30 minutes of waking up. And not only does it relax you and activate your parasympathetic nervous system, but you're getting all these positive suggestions. You know, what you don't realize is you have a steady stream of dialogue running with all sorts of phrases and concepts and ideas that are keeping you overweight, okay? And so I systematically put these new phrases in your mind. That's what people always say in the program. It's like you, it, it causes you to think differently, you know? And then at night, I have sleep gnosis sessions. Those are 10-minute sessions. You get one each week with a core weight loss mantra, right? And so 
And then there's like another 25 sessions that are longer that are, you know, unique to your situation. So that's the pro race. So that, that's what I would suggest. <laughs> that's my full solution. If I wanted to lose weight, which I did. And, uh, you know, listen, I was 50 pounds heavier and I, it was just a miracle. I mean, like, again, I was exposed. I, I took a semester off from school at a time when I was binge drinking regularly. I was 50 pounds heavier. I was, I was a mess in a lot of ways. And it was just a pure miracle you know, gift from the universe that I got exposed to hypnosis, NLP, Tony Robbins, yoga, meditation, guitar, martial arts, literally all within a couple months. I, I don't know why I'm just lucky. And, um, it just made all the difference in the world for me. I mean, I just really, I was going to school for finance and investments. That's my degrees. And I got into this and I was like, this is what I'm doing. You know, it, it was, I was amazed by my changes. And again, remember, it was, it was always more to me than just looking better. It was, you know, my dad died at 54. So I was so nervous about that. So I was really scared when I was 19, 50 pounds heavier, living such an unhealthy lifestyle. You know what I mean? It wasn't, it really wasn't primarily how I looked. It was like, holy shit, I did not want to die at 54. You know what I mean? And, and I still, that's a core pain motivator for me. Um, now the difference is I have a lot of pleasure motivation on there too, but you got to use both of them strategically. Anyways, that's the full solution. I hope that helps. Rosa says, oof, I never believe my friend when she starts a diet, even after the surgery. Damn. Uh, thank you, Rosa. Right? It's true. It's true. Um, that, yeah, it's, you know, why don't you believe them? You know, because that, that same not believing your friends when they say they're going to lose weight is the same not believing you have for yourself. Right? So even when you start a weight loss plan, it's kind of like you don't really even believe it. Right? So, so it's like, how could you ever succeed? You're by yourself, you're following some half-assed plan and you're starting it with the belief that you're not even gonna do it anyways. It's not gonna work anyhow. Cause you have this deep-seated belief that you can't lose weight no matter what you do because you've tried so many diets and have failed to do it. And you don't make the distinction that it's not a you problem, it's a diet problem. You, you, can't, you can't get the daylight between weight loss and the diets. They're one and the same in your mind, you know? And that's a big part of why you don't have any real motivation because you don't really believe it's gonna work. Now, you can see it easier with other people in your life when they say, oh yeah, I'm gonna start this diet. I'm gonna go back to Weight Watchers. And what do you do? You just, you're in the back of your head. Sure, <laughs> sure. Now you wanna be, so you say supportive things. I know that, but deep down, what do you, you know what I mean? You're just not believing it. And so I just wanna point that out because if you feel that way, now again, I, I've had a client, I, I love she says this. She goes, cause she lost, I think she's lost, I forget it's 50 or 60 pounds cause she counts it in kilos. I always get confused with the, the transition or the, the mix of it. But anyways, so she's like, one of her things is she's like, I lost weight even though I didn't believe it was going to work. So again, with my approach, you know, you almost don't even have to believe it, but I worked with her privately. So that, that took a lot, but um, yeah, you got to, you got to deal with that belief, you know, because if you don't believe it, it makes it a lot harder. Someone says, totally disagree about longevity being thin and no way guarantees you a long, healthy life. Um, yeah. You know, okay. So, so that's a whole thing, right? The, the thin with longevity, right? So, I think that uh, there, there's two things going on here that I think that if you're obese, it's absolutely, you know, going to shorten your lifespan. Most likely. Again, everything's statistical. So there's no absolutes, right? Guaranteed. Um, but if you look at being at your ideal weight, you know, but hey, listen, yeah, they come out with stuff. I don't know. It depends where you look, right? There's a, the Framingham Heart Study is one place that's been an ongoing study where People that were overweight, women uh, lost 3.3 years of their lives on average. They live less, you know, that, that three, three, 3.3 years less. Um, obese women live 7.1 years less. Okay, there, there's that piece. Um, so being at your ideal weight or being a little bit over your ideal weight 
probably doesn't make too much difference in your health, right? You can be pretty healthy regardless, okay? So um, I, I would agree with that, you know? Uh, but I do think that there's a mental and emotional piece to it. And listen, my, my saying with, with mastering your weight is that it, it takes two things. It takes action and it takes acceptance, okay? Because we live in a society where we're constantly bombarded with this sense of perfection physically. And so I think almost everyone to some degree has got to at some point work on accepting themselves for who they are. Because like, I'll give you an example, right? So I was like, in my mind, like the, the perfect body I'd love to have is like Brad Pitt and Fight Club. I, I think, you know, like that's what I'd like to wake up tomorrow looking like, okay? <laughs> if I could just snap my fingers. Um, but I don't look like that and I probably never would. And the amount of work it would take to make that happen, uh, you know what I mean? I would never do it. I just don't care that much. Um, but if you're not happy with your weight, right, then all of a sudden, you know, you, you do have to add some acceptance onto it, I believe. Um, and then it's up to you to figure out what weight you want to live at. So by the way, let me make clear. When I say thin, what I mean is your goal weight. I think I define thin as living at your goal weight. And I think your goal weight, I define that by the weight that makes you the happiest, the healthiest, and gives you the best quality of life. And so every person has to decide for themselves what that number is. Okay. I think the BMI charts are not a bad place to start, but then ultimately, again, your, your weight doesn't live in a vacuum. You can't just pick a weight. You got to recognize you got to live a certain lifestyle in order to achieve that weight. And so, you know, anyone could lose all the weight they want pretty much if they're just willing to eat carrots and water, drink water, right? But no one wants to do this. It's a shitty quality of life, right? So you got to ask the question, what am I willing to do? You know, it's like, again, I, I'd love to look like Brad Pitt in Fight Club. I mean, could I look like that? Yeah, probably if I really dedicate myself, you know, to it. I mean, at least maybe my body, my, my face never going to look like that. And now I'm getting older anyways. I don't know if I could look like that, you know? So, um, I'm okay with that though. You know what I mean? Like, like I recognize, by the way, that's just, that's dopamine. Dopamine's like a salesman. It always wants you to have more, right? So no matter what level we're at, there's always our brain's ability to want more and to not be happy. So that's something you got to manage. That's that acceptance piece, you know? Um, but ultimately what goal weight you pick, that's what I consider being thin, you know? And you can pick the word. I know some people don't like the word thin. I understand that. Um, but I just want to describe it. I'm not, it doesn't mean anything technically. Like it's not a, it's not like, oh, 10% below your BMI. You know what I mean? It's not like a specific number you can just figure out. It's really based on what you want for, uh, it's, it's really based on what you want for your best quality of life. Okay. So, uh, yeah, I would say that. But I would say longevity, you know, uh, is definitely supported by being close to your goal. <laughs> Even your BMI. I mean, if you look at the BMI chart, that's what it's based on. So it's like, you know, yeah, you know, 10, 15, 20% over your BMI perfect weight. Uh, yeah, you could probably be healthy. But but after that, I think that's a risk. And you can know thin people that have died. I mean, obviously, but it's all statistical, you know. And so typically, you know, what's your body when it's running at its best? You know, and you got to figure that out. So someone says it's so confusing, but I feel like despite my obsession, I'm very casual about getting to my goals. Um yeah, yeah, right. Well, that's that's the weight thing, right? That's what I mean. That is, it's such a paradox that people can be so obsessed with weight and thinking about losing weight and eating in a way constantly, um, but they uh, they don't really ever take the, they never really commit to fixing it. I would say, right, okay, this person doesn't think, equate the, the longevity or the health with it, but um, it's like if you got diagnosed with cancer, Right. You, you would you would very quickly mobilize and, and take that on in a very intentional way. Right. 
Now, I'm not, I'm not equating being overweight with cancer. But what I am saying is that the weight sometimes, it's like, it's, it's on that level in a sense mentally, right? Like people are just so obsessed with it. It brings them so much unhappiness. And yet they get caught in the loop of just thinking about it all the time and never actually fixing it. Now, how does that happen? Because I work with all smart people. I will say that. Like, like I attract very smart, perfectionist-minded type people to, to, into my program. And um, so, so how is this possible? Right? How could they be so successful in certain areas of their lives and then struggle with this area, not commit to it? And I think this is where the dieting thing is so insidious. It's, it's so completely the way people think about weight loss that they can't even imagine another way to approach it. And at the time you get to 40, 50, 60, you've tried so many diets and they haven't worked that the smartest, the most ambitious, the most willpower-based people kind of give up. And so they get into this process where they're constantly thinking about and obsessing about their weight and food and they want to lose it, but they never actually make any commitment to it. And I think that's a big problem personally. That's why my program, again, part of it, it is a commitment. You know what I mean? Like, like it's an investment of time, energy, and money because you've got to shift your paradigm. You have to approach this like college, you know, filling out a 60 page workbook. It's like, it's a commitment, but then you have it, you know, and it's, it's, I don't know. It's very much like college and you need to have that level of commitment and focus to make it happen. I believe, because I think a lot of people, when you look at it, like, it's just a winging it. It's just like a deciding on a Sunday and, oh, tomorrow I'm going to try it. You know what I mean? And it's like, there's zero strategy, zero forethought. It's just, let me see what happens, you know, for something that's so important and such a central part of their thoughts and feelings, you know, I can't explain that part. I don't know why it is that way, but it is that way. Also, when you lose weight, I always get, oh, your face has changed. You don't look like you anymore. Yeah. Yeah. All my life, everyone has said, oh, you have a beautiful face because I've always been overweight. Yeah. Okay, Hilda. I'm glad you said this because this gets to the core of it. I promise you, if you're overweight right now, it's because you want to be overweight. Don't don't get upset. You subconsciously want to be overweight. Consciously, you want to lose the weight, but you, you don't do what you consciously want to do, right? <laughs> you consciously know how to write. You may write, want to write with the other hand, but you can't do it, okay? You can do what you have subconsciously programmed yourself to do. You've trained one hand how to write, and that's the hand you can write with. Okay. So our subconscious mind is running our, our reality. It's running your weight. And if you are overweight, there's a very good chance you want to be overweight. If you're a woman, you may not want to deal with the attention from men. You may not want to deal with loose skin. You may feel like your face starts to look different and that's your best feature. So why would I want to do it to look worse? I'm not saying these are logical, well thought out reasons. I'm saying they're subconscious associations that are preventing you from really even wanting to lose weight. You're incongruent with your weight loss goal. I guarantee you that, right? To the point that you don't really want to lose weight. You really wish you'd lose weight, but you don't really want to. And what I mean by want is how committed are you to actually do something to change it? And on a scale of one to 10, you're probably around a two, three and have been for a long time. And the only times you get up to at eight, nine, 10, are when you have these spontaneous pain-based experience of stepping on the scale, seeing your picture, catching your reflection, the clothes don't fit, you go to the doctor, someone says something to you, then you get so upset, I don't give a shit what I gotta do, I'm gonna lose this weight. And you do that for a little bit, and then you go back to how you were, you know? But that's not real motivation, you know? So, um, yeah, Hilda, it's true. So what do you do? I mean, you have to, here's the secret of limiting beliefs. That's, that's, I'm not saying it's a limiting belief, but you have to just make a decision, but you have to become aware of that, okay, Hey, you know what? So, so by the way, this is the first step is becoming subconscious oriented, 
right? So when I want to make changes in my life, I look to my subconscious mind to make them, right? So I'll, 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 give, I'll be very personal here. So coffee, right? I, I have a, this, this relationship with coffee, I drink it, I don't drink it off and on. And uh, so, so sometimes I'm like, well, I should stop drinking coffee. And I can hear those words, by the way, I should stop drinking coffee. Why? I don't know, it'd be better for you. Hmm. I don't really believe that. <laughs> you know, I just don't. And so sometimes I do, but, but rarely. I don't, I don't see consistent evidence I should stop drinking coffee at this point. And so I don't do it. And most importantly, I don't try and stop myself from doing it because I don't really want to stop drinking it. Do you see what I mean? <laughs> now, do I want to eat salads every day for lunch? Monday through Thursday? Nah, not really. I'd rather eat sandwiches and chips, okay? However, do I want to eat salads? Yes, because I think that they're going to give me the nutrient density and diversity that's going to really make my body hum and thrive. And I really like that a lot. I really want that. I want to live as long as I can. And while I'm alive, I want to have as much energy as I can. I want to be able to think clearly. I want to be able to do lots of cool stuff. And so I'll eat the salads, even though I don't love it, okay? And so I'm congruent there with the coffee I'm incongruent. And I recognize that. So I waste zero energy on trying to stop drinking coffee because I'm not congruent. Now, if I want to stop drinking coffee, what I do is do research on, I would get congruent and get the reasons why I wanted to do it. You see? So when it comes to your weight, you're incongruent. And that's the primary issue you have to overcome. And so Hilda, thank you for mentioning that. So what you want to do is you want to bring that, that little belief out into the open and say, okay, I, I'm not sure if I want to lose weight because I'm worried my face is going to change. And then I don't, what's going to happen there? And then you have a discussion with yourself about this and get congruent on it. Do I really care? What, what do I want to do? Because right now you're indecisive. You're, another word we use this is ambivalent. You want to lose weight, but you also don't want to lose weight. All of you right now, if you're struggling with your weight, you're ambivalent. Part of you wants to lose weight and part of you doesn't. And until that ambivalence is, is figured out, again, this is in my, my program, the motivation piece is the most important piece. You know, that's like 20 pages out of the 60. It's not that much, but, but it's like, it's like 10 or 12 pages of it. It's the most, it's the biggest part of the program because it's getting congruent, right? It's resolving that ambivalence, you know, because things in your life that you're not ambivalent about things that you're 100% congruent about maybe work, right? Maybe if you have kids, okay. Cause there's lots of times you don't feel like going to work, but you go, why? Because you're not ambivalent because you know, you want to live in your house and have all the things money buys you, right? With your kids, there's times you don't want to deal with the shit or take care of them or do the stuff you got to do with kids, but you do it. Why? Because you're congruent with being the parent you want to be. And that congruency gives you power. Now it comes to your weight loss and you say, eh, I, I kind of want to lose weight, but oh, it just sucks. And it's hard, you know? And so you're ambivalent. And uh, part of that ambivalence is the limiting beliefs you have about actually losing weight, like literally not wanting to lose weight. You know, I just told you why loose skin attention from men. Um, it means I'm sick. Right. So a lot of people associate losing weight with being sick. Maybe you've gotten sick in your life seriously and lost a bunch of weight and now you associate them together. Or maybe you people you loved, right, got sick, like a sick, 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 cancer, die sick. OK, or some kind of sickness like that. And before they died, they lost a bunch of weight. And now you associate those together, you know, and that's a big one because there's no part of your brain or body that want you to lose weight. You know, understand you're, you're in this body and brain um, that have evolved evolutionary in a food scarce environment. This is the, this gets to the core of the problem in a nutshell. This is why eating a cookie feels so good and eating a carrot feels like, nah, because you have evolved when you eat something with a lot of calories in it, your brain releases lots of dopamine. 
And so you, that, that feeling of liking a cookie is not because it tastes that way. It's because you've associated that taste with lots of calories and your brain wants calories because it says it's gonna store the fat. So if there's food disappears, we're gonna have some backups and some stores. So you gotta work about this, which by the way, gets to a part of why, if you're just trying to motivate yourself just by focusing on losing weight, good luck. It's not enough motivation. No party wants to lose weight. So how do you do this? Well, you have to reframe the process. It's not tricking yourself, but the real secret is to approach this in a way that what you're focusing on is intrinsically motivating. Losing weight is not. And you have to focus on it in a way that's, that the improvements you're making are about something else, but they also create the secondary effect of you losing weight. And so this is why I say, if you start focusing on your personal development, um, on being the person you wanna be, that's a much more motivating concept to you. And if you kind of weave your weight loss around that, I think you're gonna find you have a much easier time creating the results you want. Because right now you're just fixated on weight loss and there's a million problems with that. And it ain't working, you know, it probably won't. Um, hey, look at that. Slow progress, get out of here, Rosa. So Rosa says also I'm down seven pounds since starting the program a month ago. Slow progress with all those O's in it. I'm gonna kill you, Rosa. I'm gonna get you Tuesday. <laughs> Come on now, seven pounds in a month, that's fast progress, okay? Because what do we always say, right? People overestimate what they can lose in a month and underestimate what they can lose in a year. This is your main problem. You're trying to overcorrect everything and it's not your fault because again, millions of weight loss diet ads you've seen in your lifetime and they're always orienting you to fast rapid weight loss to the point that you're just, you don't even know what good weight loss is anymore. If you're sitting there, oh, it should be two pounds a week. Why? Why do you lose two pounds a week? So arbitrary, you know? Now, I know you're impatient, all the rest of it, but but first of all, great job, Rose. Okay, good job. That's awesome. And uh, I'm not surprised, you know? Rosa shows up and does the work, you know? So it's not surprising to me um, that you would be down that weight. But okay, seven pounds is great, okay? Because Rosa, and this is what I always tell people that say stuff like this in my program, tell me that's not the easiest seven pounds you've ever lost, right? Rosa's not dieting. Rose is not restricting stuff. She's not, you know, killing herself to lose this weight. You know, she's being strategic and smart. And I bet that's the easiest seven pounds you probably ever lost. And that's the point I'm trying to make. If you can get off of the fast, I just want to lose weight as quick as I can. Because do you understand when all you care about is fast weight loss, what you're simul... So, so on the surface, it's I just want fast weight loss. But subconsciously, what that means is you're subconsciously saying, so I need to choose the most extreme plan. The, the faster you, you demand that the weight loss happens the more extreme the plan you choose to pick, you see? And that's the trap you, you're caught in, okay? You gotta stop that. Again, as fast as possible or as long as possible, right? Which one would you pick, you know? That's the secret. And so when you start, when you realize, Rosa, that you've lost this weight seven pounds almost automatically, because I know you haven't been dieting. And so it's like, it's almost happened. It's the most comfortable weight loss you've made. That's what I want you orienting yourself around because if, if it was so easy, you can maintain this. It's been enjoyable. It's been easy. It's been fun. And so if you can do this in a fun, easy, comfortable way, it's easy to keep it up for another month, another seven pounds, another month, another month, 10 months, you're 70 pounds down and it was easy. And you want to keep on living this way because it's comfortable and it's kind of just the way you live now. Do you see what I mean? And it's like, I'm trying to point out that, but then I want you to realize like how foreign of an idea that is to you. Think about how, how weird of an idea it is to you that you would 
lose weight comfortably and enjoyably and sustainably. And then you'd be able to keep it up forever because it was enjoyable and sustainable and comfortable. <laughs> it's like that idea doesn't even exist in your mind most of the time. You know, that's what I'm trying to orient you to. That's awesome, Rosa. Good job. <laughs> uh, let's see. Yeah, that's awesome, right? You're right in the sustainable weight loss. Yeah, yeah, 52 pounds, keep it up. <laughs> Nelly says hogwash. <laughs> what are you saying hogwash to, Nelly? Nelly, no curls. I know a Nelly. I know a Nelly from Little House on the Prairie. <laughs> hogwash. You don't think she lost seven pounds? I haven't changed how I eat yet. I'm baffled. Yeah, I hear that all the time, right? Again, you know, I'd say this especially like people with menopause, hormonal issues, metabolic disorders is like you really want to fixate on the, the lifestyle piece, okay? Because so often you don't know what's the, the physical issue that you may think it is and how much it's the lifestyle piece. You know, I saw for Rosa, she's changed a, a couple of the lifestyle pieces, but those things can have amazing, see, it's like when you focus on the, the, the lifestyle piece is like preventative thinking, you know? So instead of just always focusing on the calories and, and dropping them, you're focused on what's creating, what's influencing all this, like how you're processing calories, how you're absorbing them, how you're choosing foods, how you're hung, what, hungry for, you know? And so when you focus on the lifestyle pieces, you kind of resolve a lot of those things, you know? And, um, and you start losing weight without realizing it. Again, this is the nature of subconscious weight loss. It's not this conscious counting every calorie thing, you know? That in and of itself is a whole problem, okay? But anyways, great job, Rose. That's awesome, yeah. I haven't even changed how we eat yet, right? So I love that. that. That's what I'm talking about. Someone says, I'm fixated in a negative way that I'm not exercising enough. My diet is pretty good. Yeah, all right? So anytime you're fixating so intensely, I, I have always seen that correlated with a lack of progress. Yeah, I always say this to people that, and it's part of that diet mindset. The, the diet mindset applies to the workouts too. It's the same thing where you, you get so fixated. Again, it's that micromanaging of your calories, you know? And again, you have to pay attention to calories. So I want to be crystal clear about that. I'm not saying don't pay attention to calories because your weight loss is literally, um, it's a calorie reduction of what you, what you were eating. Um, but when we try and micromanage it, we actually cause other problems with it a lot of times. And that same thing can happen with the exercise. We're so fixated on the exercising that we, because what happens, right? You can get so fixated on something and so stressed out about it that you start releasing more cortisol into your body. And that causes you to want to hang on to the weight. Okay. So the more relaxed we become, that's why the relaxation is one of the most important parts of the lifestyle piece. You know, being able to truly relax your body and mind. I think is so important to getting the results you want, you know, and it makes it more enjoyable and comfortable. Um, but yeah, not exercising enough, you know, I, I, now again, me, by the way, like I'm just a bigger fan. If you want to lose weight, master your weight. I'm a bigger fan of focusing on the calorie consumption, you know, and really mastering that piece. I like to say like you, you know, your eating controls your weight and your exercise controls your shape. And I like thinking that way because I think it, it more accurately, lets you see what's controlling what. Um, but when you say your diet's pretty good, I don't know, you know, the, the trying to exercise always, is, it's a tough way sometimes for a lot of reasons. So I wish I could give you better suggestions on that, but I don't feel like I have enough information on it. I know this is kind of, it's more toning for me. Okay, yeah, great. Then, then, then I would focus on cleaning up the diet piece of it. You know, um, what is, what are some shifts you can make in your eating? Uh, so the big one, uh, I, there's a lot of eating strategy you can put in, but, but it basically comes down to my, my favorite one that the, the, I think the most overarching one is the concept of 
calorie density and the volume of the food you're eating. Okay, so this is kind of like my my kind of generic way I would suggest people approach their weight loss because a lot of people don't think this way because a lot of people think what's making them feel full is the calories, when in reality, the biggest thing making you feel satisfied and full is the volume of the food you're eating, right? So if you eat a cookie that's this big, um, you know, two cookies this big, maybe the same amount of calories as a bowl of salad this big, right? And so a big part of what's making you feel satisfied is your stomach stretching, you know? And so your stomach stretches and you feel satisfied. Your stomach starts to shrink down and you release ghrelin and makes you feel hungry, okay? So that's one part of it. The next part is when the food goes into your intestines, you know, a little cookie is not going to fill your intestines up much. All that salad does. And so there's a thing called the ileal break in your intestines. And that helps you feel satisfied too. Kind of puts a break on the eating and the, and the hunger. So eating strategically in terms of calorie density, how much calories are in this amount of food? You know, so you can think of it as in terms of calorie density per volume, you know, is really uh, helpful because that's the royal road to mastering your weight. You, you know, I think and a lot of people mistake this. I think a lot of people associate weight loss with being really hungry. The, the hungrier I am and the less I eat when I'm hungry, the more weight I'll lose. And I don't think that's true because I think that causes a lot of stress for your body. And most importantly, it affects your mind in a very unhelpful way. As soon as you get really hungry, all of the brain structures, your visual system starts zooming in on all the food. Your nose starts smelling every little waft and odor of food. <laughs> your mind starts obsessing on food. And that is a very difficult mindset to be in and not eat food. Okay, so I find the idea of like starving yourself or being really hungry as the path you're going to take to lose weight as very short-sighted and very ineffective. And I find a much better strategy to be to implement much more less calorie-dense foods into your diet. So what are those, right? I got to say it out loud. That's usually vegetables and fruits, greens, natural foods tend to be much less calorie-dense, you know? Um, they take up more space and there's not a lot of calories in them. Okay, so that, that to me is kind of the royal road because then you feel satisfied, but you've lowered the calorie consumption, so you start losing weight, you know? Um, someone says, do you need to track calories? So this is, you know, okay, so it depends what you want to do, right? So it, it depends on the person. And again, this one comes down, you know, my royal golden rule of weight loss, in my opinion, is that there's no right or wrong. There's only what works for you. Okay, and I, and I believe that more than anything else, you know, and I think this flies in the face of all dieting because with dieting, we just become little kids and it's tell me what to do and I'll do it. You know, you won't. And if it's not built for you, what, what are we doing? I mean, this is your eating. This is your life. This is you. How are you going to just leave this up to someone else to tell you what to do? It's weird. It's so weird. Um, it's like it's like you saying, like, well, I just want to have a good lifestyle. Oh, well, here's a lifestyle. This is what you should do. <laughs> oh, <laughs> That's not for me. I don't like doing any of these things. Well, I don't want to do this, right? But when it comes to eating, people are like all about it. No, just tell me what to eat. Huh? It, it's so weird, but it doesn't feel weird because we've just habituated to it because we're just God, we're just bombarded with it nonstop, you know? So it becomes, it seems normal, but it's the craziest thing. It's just the craziest to me. So um, do you have to track calories? I don't like tracking calories personally. That's me. Now you can go to like a, a the Reddit subreddit, lose it, right? And they're all about, they call it Kaiko, right? Calories in, calories out. And so does it work? Hell yeah, it works. Your weight is dictated by the calories you take in more than anything else, okay? Now I think right underneath that is the lifestyle piece, 
right? And I think that has a lot of benefits. But yeah, calories is the big one. Um, now, you know, not all calories are built the same. You know, that there's all this stuff. If you eat, you know, a uh, hundred calories of cookie and a hundred calories of lettuce, you will probably absorb less of the lettuce calories because a lot of those calories are bound to fiber and the fiber passes through you. And with a cookie, there's no fiber. It's just all powder and it just all gets absorbed, you know? So that's a factor. So it's not just the calories we're taking in. It's the ones we absorb, you know, that that's part of the process. Um, there's your microbiome, right? Same type of thing. You have a microbiome. Do you know this, right? You have more non-human cells in your body than you have human cells. <laughs> it's a creepy idea. They call it the second genome. It's the microbiome. And uh, the more they learn about it, they kind of known about it. They call it your gut bacteria. And they've known about it for a long time, but it wasn't until they could do genetic testing on it to realize, wow, it's like they know specific, there's different types of bacteria now. And so someone who's like a vegetarian will have a different microbiome than a meat eater. Someone who really eats a lot of sugar and flour is gonna have a different microbiome than someone who eats a lot of natural and unprocessed foods. And one of the things this microbiome does is that it, it causes you to absorb different quantities of food. So they've tested this a lot with mice and this is in its infancy, but with mice, they can take an obese mouse and a thin mouse. They can transplant the microbiome from the thin mouse to the overweight mouse grows. They, they take the fecal transplants and it does this. And then they can feed the overweight mouse the same calories they were feeding it and it becomes thin. How? Because that microbiome's absorbing less of the calories. You know? Now, I don't know what happens over time, you know, maybe, you know, the, the, it, it changes, you know, because the microbiome can always change. But anyways, that's one more factor. I share this with you just to let you know that there's there's more going on here than just a calorie in, calorie out. Should I track calories? Um, I like tracking cal. I suggest that at some point tracking calories is a good idea so that you can calibrate your perception of what you're reading with the reality of it. Because the truth is that there's almost guaranteed that you are underestimating your serving sizes and how much you're reading. It is almost guaranteed. If you're struggling with your weight, you just have got to assume that, you know? And it's, again, it's not your fault. A, we're intrinsically bad at it just to start with. And then we've had a... Con- all this conditioning to underestimate it. It's sneaky, sneaky, sneaky. I got to read. I'm telling you, you don't even realize, you don't realize what you're up against. You know, like even the sugar industry, you know, maybe it was when Trump was president, they were going to update the, the, the food labels. And, um, one of the parts of the update was they, they broke out instead of just sugars, total sugars, they broke out how much are natural sugars in it and how much is added sugar. And the sugar industry fought this like crazy. And, um, I, I did this in a training where I read this statement, the sugar industry put out and it's just such bullshit. You know what I mean? Like they're like the cigarette industry. Don't give a shit. You know what I mean? They just want you to eat more sugar because it makes them more money. But it's like, um, you know, anyways, what I'm saying is like your, your underestimating of, of food servings is there's a lot of people wanting you to underestimate what you're eating, you know? So tracking calories, I think is really good for calibrating where you're at. So again, but I don't like tracking calories because I know there's some people out there like Brightline eating, for example. I mean, she's measuring her food every meal, you know? Now, again, she's for a certain type of person. So do I like that or not like it? I think whatever works for you, there's no right or wrong. And so if you're that type of person that wants to track everything and that works for you and you like it, then do it. You know, my program is diet agnostic because I, you know, whatever works for you, it's not up to me to decide it's what you want to do. So she's, she's measuring everything or food. I would never do that. Like I wouldn't do it. And so 
it wouldn't work for me. So what do you need to track your calories? I think that's a question you need to answer. And you started off with, do you want to or not? You know, that's the first thing. And um, if you're kind of open to it, I think it's great to do it for a week or two just to calibrate yourself and see where you're at. I just did this with a client of mine. Um, I told her she started eating salads. Great. So we worked on that for a little while. And then I said, hey, listen, now I want you to, to measure your dressing, your, your salad dressing. And so I was talking to her yesterday. She goes, holy shit, I was three and a half times the serving size, three and a half times, right? So she didn't even see that, right? And if we can't fix what we don't see is broken. And that, that is a challenge here because so much of the stuff we're doing is outside of our awareness, including serving sizes. So um, again, tracking calories in order to calibrate yourself, I like. But then this is what I would do. And this is what I did is I would track things and then I would standardize things. So I would figure out how much calories and what I was going to eat and I would get it to the right levels. And then I would just turn that into kind of a ritual. Okay. So I'm a big fan. One thing I do believe, so here I am saying, there's no right or wrong way. There's only what works for you. Except my one exception, I, I swear, is, is that you've got to structure your reading in some way. Okay. So I, I take people how to structure their reading. Um, and it, it's very loose concepts. But I think that's the one thing I say, I think I think everyone has to do if you're going to lose weight is you've got to bring some structure to your reading, structure it more. Um, but how you structure it and how you do that is that's totally up to you. So I hope this kind of answers your question. I know like, I don't have just a simple answer, um, but, but yeah, it's kind of up to you. Someone says, I don't have motivation to continue on my diet. What do I do? Um, yeah, I mean, yeah, join the club, right? No one's got, people have motivation to, to start a diet or, or to stick with it because they suck usually. And you think of it as just a short-term thing, you know? So I don't know how long you've been doing or what your results have been so far, but most people that end up working with me, they, uh, they, They've tried dieting for so long and they've succeeded and they haven't succeeded. But the worst thing is they have succeeded and they put the weight back on. And now a lot of people find themselves that they can't even get started with a plan. You know, and they're just stuck and they don't know what to do. Um, and that, that's where most of the people kind of start with me. So yeah, I don't have motivation to continue my diet. Um, yeah, well, you know, listen, you're not alone. Whether you don't have motivation to start a diet or you don't have motivation to continue with a diet, it's the same problem, you know, um, technically. So what do you do? Yeah, you get motivated. Now, I'm not saying that flippantly because I know, you know, you think I'd be an asshole by saying that, but that's everyone's problem, you know? And, and again, it gets to the core problem is that you don't know how to motivate yourself, you know? You think you're motivated. You assume that you really want to lose weight and you're motivated, but you're not. And that's the first biggest problem you're making because like what I just say, if you don't know it's broken, you can't fix it. You think your wish that you wish you'd be thinner, that you wish you'd be healthier and lose the weight is a want. And it's not. You've got to recognize that because if you don't, you're, you're in this constant loop of thinking about losing weight and wanting to lose weight and wishing you lose weight, but you never really get the motivation to actually do it. And so what I would suggest you do is go back to the drawing board and ask yourself, this is my core question. I've asked myself this question a million times, and I think it's so effective when you're trying to create some change in any area of your life is, do I even want to lose weight? And answer that question honestly, genuinely. You know, because sometimes you're going to find I don't really want to lose weight. I don't give a shit, you know, and I think that's a great place to be because at least you're honest with yourself, you know, because there's nothing worse than trying to do something you don't really care about. You don't really aren't even motivated for. So, yeah, my suggestion to you is the same suggestion I give everyone is why do you even want to lose the weight? Why? And I think what you'll quickly realize is that you have very impotent motivation, you know, it just doesn't do anything for you. And you never address that. You just assume that you are motivated and that you should lose weight. 
right? And that's the words when you hear people saying losing weight, I really have to lose weight. I should lose weight. I need to lose weight. No, you don't. And no, you don't. And no, you don't. You don't. Nope. You don't need to. Should. Why? You know? And so a lot of people are making this decision to lose weight, but it's not congruent with them. It's not coming from within them. It's coming from some perceived social pressure that they're feeling that they should lose weight. And it's not enough motivation, you know? So yeah, your motivation is, it's the engine that drives the whole process. And without a strong engine, you ain't getting nowhere, you know? And so never mind a fucking diet. <laughs> it's like your biggest problem is that you don't even really want to lose weight. So let me give you an example of what I mean by motivation. It's just a thought experiment. Don't freak out about this. But imagine the person you care the most about in the entire world was kidnapped. And the kidnapper said, you will never see this person again in your life unless you lose weight this month. Should that person be nervous or are you going to lose weight easy? No problem, right? What if the kid ever says, and I'm going to put all your favorite foods around you all the time too. You wouldn't give a shit. I don't care. I don't care. I'm not eating them. I want to get this person back. That's motivation. That's, that's congruency, right? That's desire on a level 10. Now, I just say that to you just as a thought experiment so you can experience what real genuine motivation would feel like and now measure that against how much motivation you typically feel, you know, which is way down here. So you need to recognize that first because that's the first step. Why even start any plan if your motivation's down here? Why? Why would you do it? You know, I don't know. I don't know, I don't know what the point of doing that, you know? Just like I was talking about the coffee. If I don't really have all the reasons, I don't really want to even drink, stop, then why would I try and do that? You know? And that's how most people are approaching their weight loss. You know? So yeah. Um, give it some thought. You know? Give it some thought and, uh, and think about it. So cool. All right, everyone. Have a great day. I'm going to get out of here. I will talk to you all soon. I got a bunch of videos coming out. So, so make sure you watch those TikToks. And, uh, you know, I live stream on YouTube. I have a channel over there. You can watch all these videos. Uh, podcast is Program Yourself Then. And if you want to go watch the training I put up there, Three Steps to Master Your Weight, go check it out and change your body. All right, everyone. Have a great day. I appreciate it. Thank you so much.